Hi there. Thank you for choosing to listen to this sermon. We pray that God would use this as an added resource to benefit you in conjunction with you belonging to a local church near you. This sermon was preached at Central Baptist Church, Pretoria. 130 years of believers loving God, caring for one another and impacting the world. Well, good morning, church. Thanks to Hannah and the team for leading us in worship. Uh, he indeed is worthy of our adoration. Amen. This morning, the, the challenge really is for us to come back to a sense of awe, uh, to come back to a sense of amazement. And my prayer is that we would, we would never lose that sense of awe at who God is. This morning, we want to focus on God, our Father. Now, today we find ourselves in Black Friday weekend, and by way of introduction, I'm sure there, there are parents who can still hear their ears are ringing of their children who are begging them for specific things on the Black Friday special. Children are still wallowing in the disappointment and despair and sadness of the fact that they did not get what they wanted. Instead, their parents bought three tubs of margarine for $69.99. <laughs> Kids are sad because they were expecting a cell phone, they were expecting a PlayStation, they were expecting new clothes, but lo and behold, Rama times three. Some parents, in fact, were wishing during this Black Friday that they were children so they could go and ask their parents to buy them something this Black Friday. Now, I remember when, when I was still living at home with my parents, sitting on the edge of my bed, crying my tears out. I was distraught. I was mad. My mom chose groceries. Can you believe it? Groceries over buying me brand new sneakers or a brand new phone. How dare she think of feeding me? I remember saying out loud in my mind, in my room, my parents don't love me. They hate me. Why wouldn't they give me what I want? I don't want bread. I want a new phone. I even remember praying, God, why would you curse me so much and put me in a family like this? See, with the year coming to a close, the truth is there are many of us who are sitting here this morning who are wallowing over the fact that God did not give us what we wanted. He did not give us what we wanted and when we wanted it. How many have said in their hearts or out loud like I did, surely God does not love me because he did not give me X or Y. This morning I want to remind us of the fact that God is our Father and in fact, he is God the Father and not God the genie. He is God the Father and not God the genie. Now, some might have grown up in an era where you weren't allowed to watch Aladdin. So I'll give you a definition of what a genie is. A genie is a magic spirit believed to take on human form to serve the person who calls it out. So usually you'd see a lamp like that one. You rub the lamp three times and this genie would come out and this genie would grant you three wishes. You could ask of anything your heart desires and you only had 
three chances. And once you've used up your three wishes, this genie would disappear once it has accomplished your task. Does this represent God to you? Is this God? Is God only good when he grants you the things that you desire? Is God only good when he grants my requests? Is he only good when things are going my way? Or can we this morning say, hey, I trust the heart of God. I trust his ways. I trust his plans as my God, as my father. And most importantly this morning, I want to remind us to trust our God as our father who knows what is good for us. So turn with me to 1 John chapter 2 and we'll read from verse 29 to chapter 3 verse 3. 1 John chapter 2 from verse 29 and then we'll go to chapter 3 verse 1 to 3. Verse 29 reads, And now, little children, abide in him so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink from him in shame at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him. Chapter 3, verse 1. See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. The reason why the world does not know him is that it did, sorry, the reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now. And what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. Verse 3. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. Let us pray. Dear God and Heavenly Father, this morning we come to you asking that your spirit would be at work in our hearts this morning. We do pray that you'd reveal to us through your word the loving character, the loving nature, the, the loving perfection of the love of our Father. I pray this morning if there is a few here this morning who have been doubting this love of God, I pray that you would remind them, God, of your person. Remind them of what it means, the, 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 the immeasurable benefits of having you as our Father. Remind us this morning of that. But God, if there is one here, Lord, who thought that they were your child, but in fact they are not, we pray that this morning you would draw them to yourself. We pray that this morning you would save them. We pray that this morning they would leave here rejoicing, Lord, almost hopping and skipping at the reality that today they have been called children of God because they've placed their faith in Jesus Christ. Thank you that you're a God who redeems us. You're a God who, who, who brought us back to himself, that we can have you as our God and we can be your people. We can have you as our Father. And God, we can be called your children. So God, as we go through this sermon, I pray that your spirit would speak through me. 
I pray that your spirit, Lord, would soften hearts to receive your word with gladness. And God, may we apply your truths in our lives. For this I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The first thing I'd like us to consider this morning is a position of abundant blessing. A position of abundant blessing. To remind us, let's read again verse 28 and 29. See what kind of love, sorry, this is chapter 3 verse 1. See what kind of love that the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Most of us this morning, we use the ESV. In fact, on the screen, we use the ESV as well. But the word see here doesn't do justice to the way we read it or to its meaning. The word see here, it's, it's that word, look, behold. It's almost that, 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 that image when you are riding on a boat and all of a sudden, look, a whale. Or look, a shark. It, it grabs your attention. The word, it, it carries that sense of amazement. It, it carries that sense of astonishment. John the Apostle here is, is calling us to attention. He, he says, read over the, strict, the, the scriptures if you like, or, or glance over the scriptures, but stop here. I want to put a wall here. I want to put a stain here, he says. I want to put a bookmark here to tell you that there is something highly worthy of your attention buried beneath these words. So do not quickly scroll past like you're on TikTok or Instagram. Pause and see what John is calling our attention to. To help us get this picture better, I want you to imagine some homes. In some homes, it is a spectacle when the father does the dishes. <laughs> it is a spectacle when the father or the husband gets up from his couch after dinner. He rolls up his sleeves. He, he, walk, he runs water into the sink and he starts washing the dishes. You just see the children, the wife and the mom just sitting there like oh behold <laughs> dad is doing the dishes he he collected our plates <gasps> behold he is washing them this is something out of the ordinary in some homes and and that's what i want to draw our attention to what john is saying here when he says behold when he says see he's telling us of something that is out of the ordinary what is it he is calling us to behold he is calling us to look look at the kind of love that the father has given to us look behold what manner of love has been bestowed upon us as his children john is amazed he is amazed at the love of the father the love with which the, the father has loved us is a out of this world type of love Behold, O oh, you heavenly creatures, angels in heaven. Behold, O oh, you created things. Behold, O oh, you watching world, the kind of love that the Father has bestowed upon his children. It is a love that is rich and pure. It is a love that is measureless and strong. It is a love that will forevermore endure. It is a love that got the hymn writers to write, Long my imprisoned spirit lay, 
fast bound in sin and nature's night, thy eye diffused a quickening ray I woke. The dungeon I flamed with light, my chains fell off, my heart was free, I rose and went forth and followed thee. Amazing love, how can it be that thou, my God, shouldst die for me? It is a love that got the hymn writers to write, Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. It is a love that got the hymn writers to write, Were the whole realm of nature mine? That were a present far too small? Love so amazing, so divine, Demands my soul, my life, my all. It is a love that even got the psalmist to respond. The psalmist responds in Psalm 63 verse 3, Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. It got the, the, hymn, the, the psalmist to write in 36 verse 7, How priceless is your unfailing love, O God. People take refuge in the shadow of your wings. It got the hymn writers to say, I mean, the psalmist to say, surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. I will dwell in your house forever. Last one from the psalmist, 52 verse 8. But I am like an olive tree, flourishing in the house of the Lord. I trust in God's unfailing love forever and ever. Church, behold, look, look at the kind of love the Father has bestowed upon you. Behold, O you unbeliever, the manner of love that the Father has bestowed upon his children. O Christian, how has your response been to this love of God? Have you grown so familiar to this kind of love that the Father has bestowed upon you that even now maybe you have shut off because you're like, I know that the Father loves me. It doesn't amaze you anymore. Have you lost your sense of wonder of the love of God that he has bestowed upon you? What happened to the awe that struck you the day that you were saved? The amazement you had that God would love someone like you. He would love someone like you with a kind of love that no one and nothing in this world ever will. Let me remind you. He loved you so much that he made you his child. See again verse 1. It says, see what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called his children and praise God and so we are. Not only are we called the children of God, but that is who we are. So friends, remember how you became a child of the Most High God. God sent his only begotten son. His name is Jesus. His son was 100% God. He left his throne in heaven to be born of a virgin here on earth. He was obedient to his father in heaven, even to the point of death. He was the son of his love who would be the son of his wrath. Eric Alexander paints this picture. The children of wrath 
became the children of God, when the Son of God took on the sins of men and gave himself completely to the will of the Father, obeying him even to death, a death on the cross, he experienced alienation, he being forsaken by God, he experienced the wrath of God, he drank the cup to its full. You see, today we we celebrate Orphan Sunday. And so I want to point to you the loving Father. He, before the foundations of the earth, before the foundations of the world, devised a plan to adopt a people. A people lost in their trespasses and sins. A people not deserving of his love and his mercy. A people that were in fact his enemies. A people that he would choose to adopt. He would adopt them into his family. They would enjoy the privileges of not just being called his children, but actually being sons and daughters of God. Is this you? Are you a child of God? Or are you still a child of the devil? This is what astonishes the apostle. This is what brings him to amazement that the infinitely holy, the infinitely righteous, the infinitely just God would save wretched, undeserving sinners like you and me that we should be called his children and he should be called our father. See verse 28 and 29 of chapter 2. And now, little children, abide in him so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink from him in shame at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of God. The day of Jesus' return will be a day of shame for those who are not his. No one is born a child of God of God. We are born children of wrath. We are born dead in our trespasses and sins. We are born enemies of God. And if we die enemies of God, the day of Jesus' return will be a day of regret. It will be a day of sorrow. It will be a day of weeping. It will be a day of na- it will be a day leading to the gnashing of teeth. It will be a day of awakening that you will say, indeed, he is who he said he is. He indeed is Jesus Messiah. He indeed is the King of Kings. He indeed is God, but it's too late. You will come to the awakening That I am who he said I am. I'm not as good as I think. I'm not as good as the world is telling me to look on the inside. There is goodness in the no. I am indeed a child of wrath. I am indeed one to be most pitied because I have followed the world. I have followed my flesh. I have followed the devil to my destruction. I will face him as judge. 
And that day, if you have rejected God, if you haven't believed in Jesus Christ and in Jesus Christ alone, on the day when you face him as judge, you will hear the words, you are guilty. Because every sin you commit on this earth is a sin against the almighty God. It will be a day that begins dread and torment for all eternity. But this is not so for the believer. Church, the day of Jesus' return will be a glorious day for the believer. We currently wait with eager expectation for his coming. We wait in confidence at his righteous, that his righteous work has secured us the new birth by faith. We wait in confidence that his righteousness has been imputed into my account and that when he comes, he will be calling us home. When he comes, he is collecting us as the bridegroom to that great wedding feast. Can I get some ululations? It'll be a great wedding feast as he comes to collect his bride. He, Jesus, will be taking us back to his father. Can you get the picture of the wedding? That the, we're going back to the Father, we will be with the groom, and we will be with Him. We will enjoy Him forever. Church, we have confidence today that when He comes, we will receive for all eternity our inheritance in Jesus Christ. Which leads me to my next point. The eternal benefits of our sonship. The eternal benefits of our sonship. See verse 2 and 3. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when he appears, we, will, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is, and everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. Oh, child of God, how are you this morning? Are you in the lowest pits of sorrow and suffering? Does sin rise within your heart and grace seem like a distant light at the end of a long tunnel? I want to remind you this morning of who you are. Now you are a son of God. Do you remember the, the parable of the prodigal son? Or better titled, the, par- the parable of the forgiving father? Do you remember he was very much like most of us today? He was a member of the instant generation. He wanted his inheritance instantly. He sought after the pleasures of his heart, which were the pleasures of the world. He received everything that he wished for. He soon realized that not everything that glitters is gold. He had the whole world, but like most of us here, we will realize that it was here today and it is gone tomorrow. Like mist, his material goods had vanished. The joy that so filled his heart was temporary. His dancing turned into mourning. He then found himself down in the dumps with nothing to show for the good times he had in the world. 
He was in the pits desiring to eat with the pigs. And then he remembered that he has a father. He remembered that his father's hired servants have more than enough bread. We know how the story ends. The father was waiting for his son with open arms. A preacher said that the fingers of the one who should be pointing at him are the fingers of the one whose arms were open to restore him. This is our loving father. How far have you drifted away from him this morning? How long have you been sleeping with the world whilst you are married to Christ? The challenge this morning is come back to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Come find what this world cannot offer. Come find your joy here complete. Taste the living water. Never thirst again. Rest here in his wondrous peace. Come into the loving arms of your father. He indeed has offered us more than enough bread. He has offered us this bread in his son. Jesus is the bread of life. We will never hunger again if we feast from him. The loving father feeds the birds of the air. The loving father grows the lilies in the field. The loving father clothes the grass of the field. How much more value are you to him? Verse 31 of that same passage in Matthew chapter 6 says, Therefore, if you know this loving Father, therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Spurgeon wrote in a sermon, Beloved, now are you sons of God. Does your faith almost fail you? And are your graces like a candle well nigh blown out by the wind? Fear not, beloved. It is not your graces, it is not your frames, it is not your feelings on which you are to live. You must live simply by naked faith on Christ. Beloved, now, now are we the sons of God. With all these things against us, with the foot of the devil on our neck, with the sword in his hand ready to slay us, beloved, now in the very depths of sorrow, wherever we may be, now as much as in the valley as on the mountain, as much as in the dungeon as in the palace, as much when broken on the wheel of suffering or as when exalted on the wings of triumph. Beloved, now are we sons of God. I remember in high school, we as children always would brag about our fathers, thinking about, thinking that we were invincible because of what our fathers did. You'd hear one child come up and say, my father is a policeman. 
And you think, oh, he's got all the authority. He could arrest you. So this child felt invincible. Another child will come triumphing him saying, hey, my father is a CEO of a company. He now has moved up. He's now more invincible. And one child will come with his chest up. Well, my father works overseas. He works in America. It doesn't matter what he did, but as long as he worked overseas, <laughs> his dad triumphs your dad. But I want you to imagine all these kids are, are talking about their dads, and then one child comes up and says, well, I'm glad your dads do all these things. But my father is the president of our country. My father is the authoritative figure of our land. My father is Cyril Ramaphosa. Now that's invincible. But we have God as our father. We have the sovereign God. We have the all-powerful God. We have the God who is present in every place and every time. We have the God who is all-wise. We have the God who is all-loving as our dad. This is the conference that we must have. The church, God is our father. In the first verse, we are called to all. We are called to behold the love of God. In the second verse, we are called those loved by God. And the reason why the world does not know us is because the world did not know him. They ridicule us because they ridiculed him. They scorn us because they scorned him. They persecute us because being his children, they have no clue who he is. They have no clue what glorious benefits we have. They ridicule our hope. They ridicule our devotion because they do not know him. But church, do not be moved. Because we are those who are loved by God. We are children now, not when we die, not when we enter heaven's gates, but as soon as you place your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, you are his children now, and as his children, he is transforming you into something better. Praise God that he doesn't always give us what we want. Because oftentimes we will allow that very gift we ask from God to become a God in our lives. How many, how many people do you know who pray to God for a car and use that very car that they prayed for to drive away from God? Or how many people have prayed for a job from God and they use that very job to be too busy for God and the things of God? Or how many people have prayed for children? and use those very children to keep them away from God and have idolized them, or even husbands or wives or anything. H.A. Ironside said, God loves us too well to grant us every request of our selfish hearts. Church, what I want us to learn this morning is God, what God gives us is far better than we can ever imagine. 
In his book, Communion with God, John Owen lists the following benefits which the Son has purchased for us. Listen to these. The Son of God has purchased for us fellowship in name. We are his. We are sons of God. The Son of God has purchased for us fellowship in title and right. We are heirs. We are co-heirs with Christ. It has been purchased fellowship in likeness and conformity. We are predestined to be firstborn of the family. We have fellowship in honor. He is not ashamed to call us brothers. We have fellowship in suffering. He, Jesus, learned obedience by what he suffered, and every son is to be scourged that is received. But lastly, he purchased for us fellowship in his kingdom. We shall reign with him forevermore. Verse 2. What we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is, and everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. See, when sin came into the picture in Genesis chapter 3, the image of God in us was marred. We no longer lived to worship the creator as we were created for. But we worship the creature. We live for ourselves to our death. But our God, our merciful God, our gracious God has been on a mission to restore that image of God in us. Oh, believer, your faith has an end. The purpose of your faith is that we are saved from sin to righteousness. We are now a new creation. The old has passed away and behold, the new has come. The image of God that was marred in the garden will once again be restored in us in the day of Christ. The finished work of his sanctification is that we will be like he is. So today, when one turns to the Lord, when one believes in the Lord Jesus Christ, the veil is removed. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed in the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. What does this mean practically? Well, this means that God will say no to some of the things that we want because these things will not transform us from one degree of glory to another. It means he will allow us to go through fiery trials. He will allow us to experience sorrow upon sorrow. But church, joy comes in the morning. The suffering of this present time is not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. The sufferings and the joys and the meh of this present time have a purpose. And that purpose that the will of God will be accomplished in us. Church, be encouraged. We will see Christ face to face. 
We will be with him in unbroken fellowship. We will be like him. This is the destiny of every Christian soul. But as you wait, wait in eager anticipation. As you wait, realize that you will be groaning with all of creation. But as you wait, wait with the sword at your hand. Swing that sword, O believer, against your flesh. Swing that sword against the desires of your flesh. Fight against the the, the deceptions of the devil. Fight the good fight of the faith. Hope in Jesus. But do not hope passively. Do not hope just staying at home saying, oh, one day I'll be like him. As you hope in Jesus, actively work on purifying yourself as he is pure. He has told us in his word, if you have his word hidden in your heart, you will not sin against him. Dwell in the book. Live in the book. Memorize the book. So to close, the challenge this morning is simple. Number one, renew your mind from seeing God as a genie. Simply as a magical figure in heaven who grants me the desires of my heart. Renew your mind to see him as he is. He is God the Father. He is God the most wise. He knows what is good for me and everything that I have in the season is good. If I don't have it, then you can be assured it's not good for you. He loves you. Oh, believer. He loves you with a love that is steadfast. He loves you with a love that must strike you with awe. For it is a love that we do not deserve. And yet he lavishes it upon us. He is a father who loves us. And because he is a father who loves us, he is a father who will discipline us. Because he's a father who loves us, he is a father who will reward us. Because he's a father who loves us, he is a father who will raise us. Praise God that we don't have an absent father. He is raising us to be children who will reflect him well. Are you reflecting your father this morning? Secondly, look forward. There is much in store for those who are called children of God. For it is written, what no eye has seen, no ear heard, no heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. You are children now. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. The spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. And if we are children then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his suffering in order that we may share in his glory. Lastly, 
purify yourselves as he is pure. Purify yourselves as he is pure. If you are a child of light, live in the light. Walk in the light. Be the light in this perverse and crooked generation. The reason why God has kept you on this earth as a child of God is not for vibes. It's so that you can be the light as he is. Know that he has started a work in you. And that work is to mold you into the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that at his coming, we shall see him face to face and you shall be as he is. Even so come, Lord Jesus, come. Let's pray. Lord, this morning, I want to pray in response to the message that God, if there is one here this morning who has heard this message and Lord, your spirit is working in their hearts, I pray that you would save them. God, as I prayed in the beginning of this sermon, I pray again now that God, you would call those who don't know you to become your children. God, we plead with you this morning that you would adopt a child into your family. That, God, they would have the privilege of being called brothers with Christ. But that, God, we could also call them brothers. As, God, we fellowship together. And our fellowship is in the common ground of the blood of Christ, which has purchased us to be his. But, God, as children of yours, we still live in an evil world Lord, we live in a sinful world where we experience sufferings of various kinds. We go through fiery trials. God, there are some in this room, Lord, whose hearts are heavy. Lord, who right now on the tip of their tongue and on the top of their minds. Lord, there's something that is plaguing their souls. There is a burden that they feel too heavy for them to carry. Oh God, remind them of the benefits of being called your children. That as children of the Almighty God, we can come into your very throne room and make our requests known. We can come to you for comfort. We can come to you for assurance. We can come to you with, with this great assurance that we are loved by you. So we pray that you'd lift burdens this morning. Lord, help us to come to Jesus and give him the things that weigh heavy on our hearts. Lord, may we trust you as the God that you are. God, when you say no to the things that we so desire, Lord, give us the assurance that your no is good for us. And God, when you say yes to the things that we ask for, Lord, protect our hearts from using those things as idols against you. Lord, keep us in a spirit of worship to the Almighty God. Lord, this morning I pray that you would strike us once again with awe. Strike us once again with wonder. Lord, help us to say, behold, what kind of love 
the Father has bestowed upon us. Lord, let us not even, not even pluralize it. Lord, make us, help us to make it personal. Behold what kind of love the Father has bestowed upon me. Finally, Lord, I pray the words to this song. When Christ our life appears, these trials that weigh us down will fade away and fall, will fade and fall away as he receives our crowns. And death will disappear, his rule and reign destroyed beneath the weight of glory and eternal joy. Oh God, we are longing for that day when we will see Christ our Savior. We will behold the glory of our King forever. Christ indeed is our Savior. Faith will turn to sight when Christ our life appears. So remind us once again that we are His children now. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon. Find out more about Central Baptist Church at www.central.org.za.